0: During Fire Prevention Week, the National Fire Sprinkler Association would like to remind you that fire won't wait. Plan your escape. House fires can become deadly in as little as two minutes. A fire sprinkler system is the only thing that can stop a fire and smoke from spreading. In less time than it takes firefighters to arrive, fire sprinklers control the fire and allow everyone to escape. Fire won't wait. Plan your escape. Fire sprinklers buy time and time buys life during Fire
1: Prevention Week. For information, visit firesprinklersbuylife.com. Com. This is The Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests, and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee LLC. There's no such thing as no maintenance when it comes to your home. That's why we bring you the Fix It Show from 7 to 9 every Saturday. Get your questions ready for our expert home inspector, David Nason from Best Inspections. Here he is with his co host, Dayton Kane. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ.
2: Our number two, sponsored by Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction. And uh, we have a new guest in the studio this We definitely this
1: do. Marty's been here before.
2: Yes, I know. But I'm saying oh, it's not Jason this right. hour. We, have, we have Marty you. from National Fire Sprinkler Association (NFSA), the voice of the fire. Sprinkler <laughs> industry. It says that on their website. I like that. How are you, Marty? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. good. You're looking good. You got your NFSA stuff on, your swag ready to go. Right. And the reason you're coming on
0: is because uh, Fire Prevention Week
2: is coming up next week.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's October 8th through the 14th. It's always the week of uh, October 9th when the Great Chicago Fire and the Great oh. Peshago Fires were. Okay.
3: Yeah. Actually, you bring that up that the, the Peshago Fire was bigger.
0: Or more lives lost, I think. Right. It was more area and more lives lost. Lost Just not as, you know, it wasn't a a big metro area in Chicago and there wasn't as much buildings lost.
3: Sure. Hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're going to be talking
2: about, I mean, you can answer questions if people have them about fire safety and sprinklers and all that stuff, but we want to kind of focus on some prevention steps that we can take leading up to
0: this week and just in general. Right. Yeah, I always talk about the fact that um, there are four levels of prevention that you can do within your home. And the biggest thing is, is that it is fire prevention, making sure that you don't leave candles cooking unattended, that you put, you know, cigarettes out or smoking materials out in the, the proper material. If you've got uh, if you're cooking outside with charcoal, uh, when I was a firefighter, one of the big things was people would dump out the charcoal thinking it was out. The next mm-hmm. day, but it wasn't in the garbage can and they'd have a fire either in the garage or, or next to the garage or house. So it, it's mainly making sure that, you know, you, you put that first level, which is prevention. And you know, we always use education as that, making sure that people understand that they're the ones that prevent the fires. Um, the U.S. Fire Administration has a, has a phrase, it's called, fire is everybody's fight. And what they want mm-hmm. is they want everybody to sit there and say, it's, it's your job first. And then, yeah. of course, when that fails, the fire department comes and, and, and helps, helps you out to put out the fire. Um, the next level is basically what's required by law, carbon monoxide detectors and smoke alarms. Smoke alarms on every level, uh, every level of the house. So, you know, if you have a basement, first floor, second floor, and uh, they should be located inside the bedroom and outside the bedroom. And the reason being is if you're sleeping at night with your door closed, and you have a fire in your room, mm. that smoke alarm outside is not going to wake you up. The other one is is that close your door, close while you doze is a new Ooh. concept. Mm-hmm. And what it is is it, it's telling you that that door alone will save you. Uh, studies have shown that while the room next door is ablaze, and we're talking about four hundred at the floor, uh, twelve hundred degrees at the uh, at the top, it's only like a hundred degrees inside your inside your bedroom. So, I mean, you're looking at that time to get you out, and time is the big thing, because time buys life. That gives you time to get out, time to make sure that you can call 911. Those are the things that you want to do first. And so close while you doze is a big thing, especially when you have kids, younger kids, or within your home. And you close off that home so the fire doesn't spread. Right, right. So
2: that's interesting that you say that, because I know – you're supposed to have a fire-rated door between your garage and your, your attached if, garage and attach your house. Garage, yeah. If that's true, why wouldn't those doors be throughout the entire house?
0: Well, I mean, is part that just of it,
2: overkill? You don't need it?
0: Yeah, well, part of I i mean, that would be best. You know, solid-core right. doors are better than hollow-core doors. Right. Uh, but the, 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 the hollow-core doors will actually stay for a while. I mean, they, even the door between your garage and stuff— they say it's a one-hour rated or a half-hour rated. Well, it's requ- but minimum 20, minute. twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, yeah. Twenty
3: minute is the minimum requirement right. in, in residential.
0: Right. So what it does is it, it keeps that fire away uh, from you. The doors inside your house do the same thing by closing off. You don't get that heat spread, and, and that's the biggest thing. When people don't see the fire, can be a small fire in the corner, but what ends up happening if you watch the fire grows is you get the, all those gases and stuff up up top and when it gets to its ignition temperature, it will what's called flash over. Okay. And so what it does is it gets that that ball of flame and that heats up the whole room and then everything starts on fire.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: If you close that down in the areas, number one, oxygen is one of the three things it needs. And so if it doesn't get the oxygen because it's closed off and that smoke builds up, it may actually, you know, snuff out the fire. So if you close down your areas, it's it's actually best. Now, some people will say, well, it's not good for heating in the wintertime or mm-hmm. cooling in the summertime. But again, we're talking about, you know, just at night when you're sleeping. Right. So that's the big thing is close it all down. Um, I mean, if you're gone during the day, closing it all down might be a good thing to keep it, keep your pets in one area rather than the other area. Uh, but again, the big thing is, is that keep it, keep it closed down. It'll give you that time. And even a couple of minutes. Because flashover now occurs because of the products in our our house. Not the house construction, but the products in our house. Flashover starts in less than three minutes. Hmm. Okay, so you've got less than three minutes to get out of your house. Most fire departments, you know, I, I worked for the West Dallas Fire Department. We had a full-time staff that was on. Our response time average was was about three and a half to four minutes. Okay, but it takes three minutes before that hmm. Somebody to call 911, the call to get processed, the call to go to the fire department, us to stop what we're doing, go and get <clears throat> dressed and then respond. And then it was, you know, three to four minutes there. Right. So you're looking at a seven minute response, flashovers in three minutes. So the yeah. fire department's not gonna be there. So that's why the importance, you know, that's why we talk about fire sprinklers, which is the fourth level, is we talk about the fact that, you know, that gives you time. And time buys life And so that's a more, most important thing is, is that time So if you not, don't have fire sprinklers Or you don't you say, oh, gee, it's too cost prohibitive To put it in my house right now Big thing is, is that we go back to the prevention And smoke alarms Because that gives you the warning to get out mm-hmm. We do need to take a break Marty's with us all hours So if you have questions for him
2: 855-616-1620 is the number It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ
1: Get her done It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ.
2: Dayton Kane and David Nason here. Marty from the National Fire Sprinkler Association on with us as well, getting us revved up for. Fire Prevention Week coming up October 8th through the 14th. And you can get your calls and texts in at 855 616 1620. Off your uh, conversation earlier, somebody texted in Can you please also review best practices regarding carbon monoxide detectors? In particular, where should plugs be placed? Plugins. Plugins yeah, be yeah. placed. Like, what's the best location?
0: Yeah, again, uh, the, the state law and what's recommended by the NFPA, which is the National Fire Protection Association. Is that there's if you have gas appliances in your home, so whether you have a just one stove or whatever, it's every floor. So it's every floor, much like a smoke alarm. That's why they make combination carbon monoxide detector and smoke alarms. You can put them in the same place, mm-hmm. um, and there's no real difference between plug-in and the um, battery-operated ones. Um, so the big thing is, is that it's uh, generally one on every floor. It should be, I think, it. if I remember the rules off my back, it, it should be you no know, closer than, like, 15 feet, no farther away than 75 feet from the appliance. Okay. So. yeah. And I get the question all the time, well, should it be down
3: low on the wall or can it be high on the ceiling? Because the combination units are usually on the ceiling in the hallways. And my thought, I probably should have asked Jason this, um, or I could ask you. My thought is, well, in a home that has a forced air system, that's pushing the air around the house. It, if you have carbon monoxide, it's going to detect it.
0: Yeah. it. it the um, If I remember the specific gravity of carbon monoxide, okay. it's close to one, yeah. which is neutral. And so the big thing is it doesn't matter if it's low or high. Yeah. It, it will go off. Yeah. Uh, though sometimes people will say, well, you know, I have one in my home and the one on the second floor at the top of the stairway goes off before the one on the first floor okay well again if it's a forced air problem yeah. with your your furnace it's just blowing the air around yeah. and it yeah. just hit that one first
3: and your stair is basically mm-hmm. a chimney you know right. for air warm air rises so it warms you know air is just gen- naturally flowing up that stairwell
0: right and generally they go off about 35 parts per million yeah. i mean that's a you know you you may not notice it Mm -hmm. uh, but if they're going off you need to have the you know you need to call the fire department have them come in they have more sensitive carbon monoxide uh detection tools uh and they'll check to make sure that the uh the the place is safe yeah figure Uh,
3: out which appliance is causing it right
0: and we've had people call you know we energies first because they're or or their natural gas provider um while that's good they don't respond as quickly. Mm-hmm. And again, you could have high levels. Now, the only difference with some of the plugins is they actually may have a readout that tells sure. you how long. But if it's at over 35, um, it, that's starting to be an unsafe level for more than eight hours. Uh, and it, if it's over 100, you should be definitely out of the building uh, because of the fact that it's unsafe for you at that point. mm mm-hmm. All right,
2: nfsa.org is the website. You can check out information there as well. The Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. More with Marty King from the National Fire Sprinkler Association next. It's a Fix-It Show on WTMJ.
1: Advice you can use. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Isaac, you're getting creative with the bumper music there.
2: <laughs> we didn't start the fire, but it is up to us to prevent the fire, right? Yeah, the That's prevention. what we're talking about today. Yep. Marty King, National Fire Sprinkler Association, with us this hour. Uh, we did get a text here at eight five five six one six one six twenty. It says, "Hi, I've heard that there should be two exits planned for each room. Is that a factual statement? Just the way I just said it:
0: two exits planned for each room. And actually, it, it, it's not each room. It's it's where people are sleeping, sleeping. Sleeping
3: yeah. rooms yeah, so, are required to have two exits.
0: Right. So that would be the door." that goes in and out of the room and that would be a window going out and, and that's and, big enough for an adult 20, to 20
3: by 24 opening in in doesn't matter which direction those dimensions right. are but 20 by 24
0: right and and the big thing when you have you know bedrooms and stuff like that especially in older homes check to make sure that those windows open <laughs> right. uh, you know, that somebody can get them get them open because of yeah. the fact that that that's a big thing and remember if you've closed the door And you open the window, and you're waiting for the fire department to come, or a neighbor. You know, I don't know how many times I've been at fire scenes where the neighbor heard about it, grabbed a ladder, came over, and helped. We're helping the people out. You know, at that time, so you know, open the window, scream for help. You know, if it's on the second or third floor, and make sure that you can get out. So
3: yeah, kind of a last resort jump. Yeah, but the 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 whole idea is that a second floor, a window can act as an egress because. More than likely you will survive a jump from a yeah. second floor window. Right. If you have a third floor in your house, a a window does not qualify as a second. In Wisconsin, you have to actually have to have a stair that goes down to at least a second floor, if not all the way to the ground. So but we're we're getting into the weeds of that. Somebody well, and- mentioned a
2: broken ankle law. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah. I haven't heard of that, but... If it's more than
0: 12 feet high, you can jump out. But these rules are
3: for first and second floors. (laughs) Right, right.
0: Right. And I only mentioned third floor because where where I was from in West Allis, what we had was a lot of illegal build-outs. The third floor was big enough with an attic space that they would build something out, a sleeping room and stuff like that, which, yes, it needs to have its own exit stairway out of it. Right, Mm -hmm. And the second one, I mean... Besides, so there's two ways out. So there's an exit stairway yeah. and an exit stairway. Yeah. And then the other one is is that we get build-outs in basements. And again, the, those windows are not big enough. They would have to increase them to the egress size. Of course, they need to pull the proper permits to mm-hmm. make sure that it, it is legal and everything being done down there so they don't have a problem.
3: Right. Yeah, if you want to, there was a second part of the question I was going to answer on the, on the text. But go to NERI, Milwaukee NERI. Milwaukeeary.org Mary, is the website find a contractor there that can help you out with it it's it's not cheap I mean, put it's in a, an egress window yeah, there's a, there's about. a lot involved not in, excavating outside cutting the foundation putting a window in that window can't be more than 44 inches off the floor <laughs> in the basement so there's 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 a there's a bunch of work involved.
2: With the uh, size of Americans today, do you think twenty by twenty four is big enough, or is that rule going to go up? Mm, well,
3: that would be difficult <laughs> to to uh, to change. I to think force, yeah, just because now you're talking about what, uh, how big, three <laughs> right. foot wide window, four foot wide window, yeah. but yeah. prevention—that's okay. the number one key. Right? Prevention is the key, right.
0: right? And hiring a professional that does it correctly, yeah. that that follows the codes that yeah. are out there, because. The codes are out there. A lot of people say, well, you know, it costs extra. Yeah, well, the codes are out there for a reason. Generally, the codes are just not, well, today let's make this rule up. Yeah. It's because something happened and what we have to do is make sure that we prevent it from happening in the future. You you can literally,
3: if you look at any of our building codes, electrical codes primarily, they're basically almost everything in our building code has something to do with life safety. That's why they're there. They're there to save your life. That's a reason for them. We don't want our buildings to fall down. We don't want people to get electrocuted. We don't want people to die. Don't want people to fall off a stairway and hurt themselves. Exactly.
2: So 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. We do have Marty here for the full hour. So get your calls and texts in for him. Um, So in the 8th through the
0: 14th, are there events that people can go to? Yeah, a lot of fire departments run on open house or they do special events at that, that you can go to. I know uh, Allenton Fire Department, which is on the 15th, they have their annual open house and um, pancake breakfast, and they do it to help raise money for their volunteer fire department. Uh, City of Sun Prairie, which is uh, up near Madison, does the same thing the same day. Okay. So generally, we get some calls uh, asking us for some demo trailers or some information uh, that comes out. But yes, almost every community does something. A lot of times you'll see on the news that they're going to the different uh, uh schools and they're doing fire prevention programs to the schools hoping that they will bring it home to the parents
2: all right we have another half hour to go get your calls to text in right now we go over to the wtmj breaking news center with jack Rau. good morning jack
1: good morning thanks so much for having me guys dayton and david it's the fix it show on wtmj
2: Indeed it is. Thank you for joining us. Mostly sunny, a high of 80 today. Going to be gorgeous outside again. And uh, we do have Marty King from National Fire Sprinkler Association on with us this hour. Getting us set up for October 8th through the 14th when we have Fire Prevention Week coming up.
3: Right. So we had somebody text in. uh, It says, how many people put sprinkler systems in their homes? How do they activate? And then I kind of, we were talking off the air, I did an inspection in a condo this week the the living areas bedrooms living room they actually had concealed uh, sprinkler heads in the in the rooms and in closets and other things they were exposed The question came up how do those work too so kind of a couple questions here
0: yeah so fire sprinklers work a lot of people watch the TV shows Hollywood and you know it shows everything going off and it's <laughs> right. it's, it's it's just a deluge of water. Uh, That only happens in one type of sprinkler system, and that system is only in high-hazard commercial occupancies, Mm -hmm. and and there aren't many of them around. Uh, So what you see is they're heat activated. And so a residential fire sprinkler goes off at 155 degrees generally. Um, When you have a concealed head, when you have that plate over it, that plate actually activates at about 135 degrees, it drops off, and then what happens is that heat rises, and then that head goes off. Um sprinklers go off, you know, when we've done demos, uh, the smoke alarm goes off at about 15 20 seconds, the, the sprinkler goes off at about 30 to 40 seconds. Okay. So you're you're not talking about much delay from it, but it has to get up to 155 degrees for that to activate. It's only the areas where it's 155 degrees. So I I'm, I'm sitting in this studio and there are at least two heads, yeah. three two heads, four heads. Three three
3: concealed see, heads. Three concealed heads.
0: There's one over there too. Yeah, so, so four. Okay. So only one may go off, depending on where the fire or is. where the
2: heat is right. Okay. Okay. right oh, it's that specific, like yeah, even so just well, to a corner of the room
0: right yeah if you if we were in a corner of the room, most likely one would go off, maybe a second one might okay. go off, but the minute that that sprinkler goes off, you know it 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 brings a shower of water which cools down the ro uh, the the room, and again, we've done studies with full houses down in spartanville um north carolina where yeah. we've where we've done um Done this and showed that the room temperature went from, you know, well it would be about 200 degrees up there, and it dropped, it dropped down to the normal about about 70, 80 degrees yeah. uh, right away. So it doesn't take much for that cooling effect. Yeah. Now, as far as people putting uh, fire uh, smoke uh, fire sprinklers in their homes, there's a couple things that happen. Number one is it has to be re- generally required because again there is a cost factor to it. It's about 3% the cost of the, uh, cost of the home. So it adds that 3% onto it. So if you got a $300,000 home, you're going to see about a $9,000 uh, increase. Now, a little bit more if you're out in rural where you don't have municipal water. Uh, so the big thing is, is that not many people are putting it in, but people are asking for it because they grew up in a condo or an apartment or something like that that had these in them or went to college and the dorms had had or the apartments had them in. So they're starting to ask for them and asking for the cost comparison and looking at it because it does not only protect lives, it protects property. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, it's easier. You know, a lot of people say, well, there's all that water. Well, when I come in with my fire hose, I'm putting out anywhere from 125 gallons to 250 gallons a minute. The average sprinkler that you put in your home puts out seven gallons a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, different. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 doesn't, it, it, it doesn't take much you know, you're not going right. to have a and lot the fires of fires put out yeah. a lot sooner, right? So right. that you don't have that damage on top of it. right. You don't have everything in the room that's that's consumed or damaged by the heat and stuff like that. And and you got out. Again, it's real easy to dry out wet. It's hard to yeah. unburn burn. And and that's why we have <laughs> the you know one. Yeah. the good very true yeah. Well, and the good one is is that we've we've got restoration companies. I yeah. mean, they show up right away. Sure. They come in. They bring in their their high powered. Um, Dehumidifiers, dehumidifiers and, and fans. fans. And yep. a lot of that stuff is dried out the next day with hardly any damage to woodwork and stuff like that. You can like clean that.
3: up smoke, smell, right. and, and the paint and clean all that. But yeah, un, you can't unburn, burn. That's, <laughs> right. that's a good one.
2: <laughs> right. Yes. All right, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. We have a weird smoke detector that is relatively close to a ceiling fan and it has alarmed on two occasions. In doing some research on the line, we thought it might have been due to
0: dust, would it be okay to switch this detector to a heat detector? No. The state law says that you have to have smoke alarms, and that's a, that's a big thing. People say, well, you know, I want to change this. There's two things. First of all, move it away from the fan. Yeah. It doesn't matter where it is in the room. It just needs to be in the room. The second one is, is yeah, it's probably due to dust. Sometimes you get spiders and stuff that like to live in them. So th- that's why they say, you know, you should check them every week. But the big thing is it's every year change the batteries at that time, clean them out, make sure that they're clean. You can also move them to a wall. The big thing on a wall and tends to be a little less sensitive because of the fact that, you know, the smoke goes up, so it fills the, the ceiling first, and then it gets to the wall. But you have to keep it away from the corners. So it, it can't be any closer than 4 inches to the ceiling and no further down the wall than 12 inches. But we have a lot of people that live in smaller homes, or live in apartments and they say, gee, we got a problem because the smoke alarm goes off every time my, I'll say husband, uh, <laughs> cooks, cooks or you know makes toast. Well, by moving that smoke alarm, and I can't move it anyplace, or it's right outside my bathroom because it's the best area, and if we take a hot shower, it goes off. Just move it to the wall. Um, Again, nobody likes reading instructions, but read the instructions. It'll remind you where it goes Mm. at 4 to 12 inches down from the wall. As far as, and what we need to get away from that space, as far as when you put it on the ceiling, you've got 4 inches away from the the corner, from the wall, but you have the whole ceiling area to put it in. So just relocate it and you'll be fine. All right. I know we were foster parents, so we have them
2: all over our house. You mm-hmm. have to have them in every room, every hallway, every level. Yeah. Like I think we've got like
0: 12 smoke <laughs> detectors in our house. But... And
3: then you have to test them regularly. Yeah, correct. Make sure they're working.
0: Yeah. yeah. And the big thing, too, is look to see the date on the smoke alarm. Uh, every smoke alarm has a birth date, but it also has a day that it needs to be replaced. Now, studies show that even though, hey, it looks like it's working fine and stuff like that, it's about 10 years. 10 years it needs to be replaced. And that's why, you know, you can go out and buy lithium-powered smoke alarms that last or 10 years. But what happens is that 10 years, is it may last a little bit less, a little bit more, but that's when it needs to be replaced. And so that's a good time to replace those. And that includes even the electronic ones you've got. Yeah. I, I moved into a condo six years ago, and I'm looking at, you know, in a few years I'm going to have to buy – I think it's six smoke alarms for my house. So, All right, but it's better to be safe than not. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yes, it it does. It will wake you up. It will, you know, it will warn you, and it'll give you the time to get out. Marty's with us for a little while
2: yet. Get your calls in, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. It is The Fix-It Show on WTMJ.
1: If it needs fixing, we can help. It's The Fix-It Show on WTMJ.
2: Good morning to you, Siding Unlimited and j and Construction, always sponsoring the show. We thank them, but this hour we have Marty King from the National Fire Sprinkler Association on. We are getting ready for that uh, National Fire Prevention Week coming up on the 8th through the 14th, so we're talking about that. You just said a statistic that just blew my mind. What is the percentage of homes that don't have working smoke detectors? Yeah, it's a, it's
0: 80 per, 86% of homes don't have a working smoke alarm. Oh, my gosh. So there, there are people that say, well, I got a smoke alarm. Well, but it's not, you know, yeah. I didn't it's change the working. battery for four years. Oh, so, well, right. that doesn't mean the battery is better. It means, you know, maybe you didn't test it or it's not working anymore. <laughs> right. People take them down when they paint and forget to put right. it back up again. You know, I don't know how many times we've gone to places, found smoke alarms, you know, in an apartment building in a, in a common area but it's been taken down in the apartment, and that might have been the previous tenant. It right. might have been the paint company that came through. Um, also, you know, even if you put the battery in it and you put the smoke alarm on the counter, yeah, I it's, guess it's better than anything. But right. it really needs to be mounted right. on the wall, and it needs to Higher be I, I've up. said that right. in the some of my goes. reports:
3: is smoke detectors' presence, however, oh, that they're not properly installed right. or. You know the the things hanging open, and there's no battery in it. It's like you knew the inspectors, uh, home inspectors, coming today. Yeah. You know,
0: at least put a Couldn't battery. get a nine in. volt.
3: Yeah. So I, mean. I it's I see it so often.
0: Fire departments across Wisconsin do provide smoke alarms now. Not every community does it, but they do provide smoke alarms uh, to various uh, areas within their community. I know West Allis would go out uh, to uh, low income areas that are and, and had some funding through that. I know the Red Cross, every once in a while, gets a, a grant and provides smoke alarms for fire, de- for fire departments to pick up and install. And that's the big thing. W- generally, we don't hand them out because we find out that they just don't get installed. So we actually right. go in and generally install them. So
2: That's good. Uh, aside from smoke and carbon monoxide detectors, is it wise to have a natural gas detector in my house? Thanks, Nancy.
0: That one, I, I, yeah. I can't answer on that
3: one. Uh, yeah, you know, um, people ask me about that. Are you testing for natural gas leaks? And that's beyond the scope of a home inspection. Is it a good idea? Sure. I've always felt personally that if I can't see every connection, I don't want to test and say, oh, yeah, your house is fine. And then there's places that I didn't see or couldn't test. Right, right. So. Um, that's why they put the rotten egg smell in the gas. Or that's happening. not the natural smell of gas. They actually put that in the gas so that if you smell it, you know then, then been you should get out of the house, call the fire department, call We Energies, but probably the fire department first. Right? Yeah. Get we'll, them out there.
0: The fire department will always call We Energies yeah, to right. make sure. But what we'll do is we'll go in, see if it's in an explosive range. If it's not, we'll open the windows kind of to th- air it out. We'll go and we'll shut the gas off either right. to the appliance or to the to the building. And then we energy comes in and make sure everything's secure afterwards.
2: Right. Yeah. All right. So we talked a lot about smoke detectors. When we come back in the final segment, I want to talk about uh, hot spots in the house that we can, as fire, we're talking fire prevention. Where can I go look? What can I look for that I can fix on my own before something happens? So we'll do that when we come back. Marty's here for one final break. The Fix It Show is on WTMJ.
1: WTMJ, W277CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ. A- good karma brand station like a user's manual on the radio it's the fix it show on wtmj
2: dayton kane david nason and marty king all hanging out with you marty from the national fire sprinkler association you can find them at mfsa.org if you want to look up some information on them but let's talk about fire prevention week coming up the 8th through the 14th of october where are some places in my house i should look that are common fire
0: Well, the theme this year revolves around cooking, cooking safety, and that's probably one of the more prevalent uh, fires that happen in the home because people get used to, you know, cooking. And so some of the things that you can do is, number one, is never leave your cooking unattended. Again, it could boil over. It could, you know, some of the greases in it could cause a grease fire. Uh, The other one that you want to make sure that you stay away from is um, putting stuff next to the stove that could be combustible, uh, because of the fact that, you know, keep that safe space away. Um, the other one is, is be careful. You know, I, I hate to say this and I don't want to use a brand name, but when you use toaster toaster glazed product, they actually can cause a fire. Really? Yeah. You have to read the package and it says, you know, don't don't leave on a low setting because people put a higher setting on it. And they don't understand that when it burns the sugar and it starts on fire. Sure. So there's small stuff that people don't understand because they're used to doing it a certain way and they just don't think about it. And that's the big thing is kind of think before you act. Same thing as we talked about candles being one of the ones. There should always be a foot space of non-combustible around the candle. Now, if it's in a jar, that's good. But if you read, a lot of the jars say throw it out when it, get, when it liquefies, and that's because that starts to heat up that glass. It'll break the glass, and then it'll wick out, and it'll cause, it can cause a mm. fire. If not that, it'll cause a lot of damage to, mm. your, to your product. So, you know, those are kind of things. Keeping ignition materials out of the hands of kids, those are a big one. And then, of course, smoking's the other one. So we want to make sure that we're safe there. And then we always want to make sure that we plan our escape. Mm. Where do we go when we go outside? And I know a lot of people say, well, we want to go across the street. Well, Reason I don't say gold across the street to you know like the neighbor's mailbox or mm-hmm. something like that, is because number one, people driving by aren't looking at you <laughs> walking across the street. Yeah, they're the looking street. at the fire. They're looking. And you at might the live fire. on a busy street, <laughs> right? And the fire trucks, even you know, I understand that, but we're thinking people are going to stay out of the trucks when we're uh, out of the road when we're when the trucks are coming up, and so you might get somebody dashed across because they're trying to go to that area. Try to find it, you know, the next neighbor yeah, down, down etc. Et yeah. And when you're out of the house. That's when you call 911. Not, you know, I got to find the phone. I got to call them real quick before I get out the house. Uh, the other thing when we talk about fire extinguishers was one of the levels before putting fire sprinklers in your home. Fire extinguishers know how to use it. It's a simple system of pull the pin, you know, aim it and then sweep. At the base of the fire. Right. At yeah. the base of the fire. But if it's anything bigger than a small trash can, something that you'd have in your, your, uh, your bathroom, it's probably too big for you to fight the fire. Okay, I've seen, I've seen the spray all over the place because mm-hmm. people get excited and stuff like that. Or they go for another extinguisher. Mm-hmm. If one isn't going to do it, I tell you what, the second one's not going to do it. Go grab
3: your garden hose. And, right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and with cooking <laughs> safety, we were kind of talking before about somebody that got burned because they had a stove fire with oil and they tried to take it outside. Don't ever use that. Cooking safety goes around. Have a cover for the pot because mm-hmm. you smother that. Um, you can use baking soda. Not baking yeah. powder, but baking soda, because that's kind of one of the kind of one of the ingredients yeah. that they use in fire extinguishers. Towels you can use a blankets. fire extinguisher. Yeah, towels probably less unless yeah. they're you know unless they're somewhat because it it may start the fire. Okay. But don't try to run out because there's a good chance that you're going to either spread the fire or you're going to burn yourself with that oil. So right. again, look at that. There are other things that you can buy. There's something that goes underneath the uh, hood that actually will drop a product down on it that will smother that. Oh, um, you can actually buy electric stoves that actually will heat up enough to boil water but not enough to ignite paper, believe it or not. Hmm. And so and you can buy kits to change it. Now, the kits to change it are kind of expensive. But we see more and more people going to those type of products with the electric. And we would see the federal government's been doing it in military bases for over – I think it's over a decade, and they've actually had zero fires started by those type of cooking appliances. Mm-hmm. So you know, do a little bit of your do a little bit of homework before you buy a product, especially a new product. And then again, look at some of the fire safety uh, s- safety tips out there. This week, I'd, I'd love you to go to nfsa.org, but better yet, it would be better to go to nfpa.org. All right. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming in.
3: Thanks for Marty. I'll see you next month at the WAHI Milwaukee chapter meeting. You're going to do a presentation for us. Awesome. Looking
1: forward to that. And I'll see you next week. Absolutely. Have a great week. Coming up next,
2: the Fox World Travel Show on WTMJ.
1: This has been the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests at Not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.